Donald Trump is a defendant in a federal trial that starts on Tuesday. A civil trial over his alleged rape of E. Jean Carroll and his defamatory statements made about her. Trial in E. Jean Carroll's case against Donald Trump starts on Tuesday in the face of and in spite of Donald Trump and his lawyers doing everything to try to to derail and delay it. Tucker Carlson is out at Fox. Bye-bye. It appears Tucker was fired. Yes, Tucker Carlson from Fox. How did it go down? What was the reaction? How soon after his termination did Russia Television offer him a job? We discussed something <laughs> might as touch podcast. And moments after Fox fired Tucker, CNN fired Don Lemon, which seems to be, based on all reports, part of its continuing move to appeal to the far-right MAGA Republicans. Mm -hmm. We'll talk about that on this podcast. And for some reason, Ron DeSantis was in Japan. And while there, he continued making a fool of himself, showing he doesn't even know how to engage in basic human interaction and normal (laughs) behavior, yet alone how he would even respond to like issues putting fingers doesn't know how to even shake hands and he malfunctions when asked the most basic questions like total malfunction truly one of the weirdest things i have ever seen donald trump and republicans <laughs> laid out their vision for a fashion all right all right right i gotta, I gotta do a serious intro donald trump and republicans <laughs> laid out their vision for a fascist theocratic state this weekend in interviews with the press and at a conference of MAGA republican presidential hopefuls in iowa it is truly the gop handmaid's tale hmm. And Fulton County, Georgia, District Attorney Fawny Willis wrote a letter to the Fulton County Sheriff Department telling them to get ready for indictments this summer, right? Get ready for indictments this summer (laughs) in connection with her criminal investigation of Donald Trump. It's indictment season, big bro. It's indictment season. That's right. I mean, you know, just a normal Monday here live on the Midas Touch podcast. Just a normal, just a normal <laughs> day. How's, how's, how's everybody doing, Brett and Jordy? I mean, you know, you wake up and, and you know, the, the news just, it's like a, it's a, it's a waterfall of news. You know, I got to start getting a bit more excited about Mondays. I mean, what a what a glorious Monday this is. It's like the birds are chirping a little louder. It's it just feels nice. The air feels clearer out there. Jordy, I saw you with your Magateers mug. I'm sure the cup runneth over today with the Magateers as they flow and they flow. But oh, my gosh, guys, today was just one hit after the next. Honestly, a, a absolutely historic day in terms of just the MAGA movement and its propaganda arms getting completely, completely decimated. I'm not going to act like this is anywhere near the end, but they took a devastating 
blow today that we mm-hmm. must celebrate. We have to celebrate. We have to take the W here, folks. I know I am feeling good. And Ben was laughing earlier, Ben. I'm, yeah, I'll probably catch Ben a few times throughout the show because I have, for the audio listeners, the clip of Ron DeSantis uh, bobbling his head and making very weird faces when asked simple questions. And I was playing that over Ben's intro and he, he couldn't hold it together. But just wait, I'll, I'll keep it going. Jordy, man, how are you? I'm doing well. And I know we'll get to this, but I just want to say this at the upfront here. Ron DeSantis, have y'all have seen Men in Black, right? When the aliens like take over human bodies and they like they try and pretend that they're humans, but they have these awkward mannerisms and they're just, <laughs> they're just not human. Ron DeSantis is exactly that. That is just the total and complete comparison for Ron DeSantis. And I just want to confirm also at the onset of this podcast that don't worry. There were no anchors let go today from the Midas Touch Network. So I just want to clear the air there. You know, from, from Men in Black, you know the line, right? The alien stole Edgar's skin. I mean, I don't... The, from Men in Black. the I, alien I, stole Ron... De- no, that's just who Ron DeSantis yeah. is, though, Jordy. Absolutely, Ben. Absolutely, <laughs> big bro. Got my MAGA Tears Cup right here. I'm excited for the show. We're going to have a good one tonight, folks. A so really good one. So, I mean, do you start off, right, Jordy, with Tucker getting fired... Do you talk about Ron DeSantis making a fool of himself in Japan? Or do we start with the fact that Donald Trump is headed toward a federal trial that begins on Tuesday? How about Donald Trump, a defendant in a federal trial? So Trump's lawyers have been trying to delay and derail E. Jean Carroll's civil rape and defamation case against him. It seems like every month and now every day they try to pull one of their schemes, right? But the federal judiciary has caught on to Donald Trump's tricks at this point. That has been the advantage of Donald Trump continuing to lose these federal cases and to continuing to get sanctioned over and over again. It has an impact. And the federal judge, Lewis Kaplan, would just continue to call Donald Trump and his horrific lawyers. I mean, he's got this Joe Takapina Alina Haba, he brought in some other lawyer, but Takapina keeps writing these letter briefs to the judge. What, what is this about? And like they miss every deadline, like at the most basic level, they don't even follow like the basic 101. Here are the rules of civil procedure. Mm-hmm. Like here's the deadline where if you want to file this, you have to file it before this date. And E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, Roberta Kaplan, is like a very good lawyer. And so she knows the rules. And so it always begins with her calling out Donald Trump's lawyers for missing the deadline over whatever they're requesting. Like they just filed a motion. They called it an application for clarification, which was really a motion for reconsideration. But they missed the deadline on the motion for reconsideration. So Takapina thought he can outsmart the judge and just call it an application for clarification. And they said, Judge, can you just clarify this prior ruling that you made where you were going to permit this other witness to testify who was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump. And Takapina says she only said that she was groped 
and that Donald Trump tried to forcibly kiss her. But what we need to really ask her before she goes to the jury, this is what Donald Trump's lawyer said. We need to ask her about if her genitals were touched by Donald Trump. And without asking her that, she shouldn't be able to testify before the jury because Donald Trump groping and forcibly kissing her does not constitute a sexual assault. Takapina said, Judge, can you clarify your prior order that says that she can testify? Because you may have got it wrong. I mean, could we just pause for a second there, though, and just how disgusting that is that you have and, and just the, the facts that I just said. So you have a former president, Donald Trump, right, which I hate to even call it that his lawyer asking a judge to clarify a ruling in a case where Donald Trump is being accused of rape and defamation, where the judge is allowing another witness who says she was sexually assaulted by Donald Trump in 2005 to testify. She was a People magazine reporter in 2005 who was covering Melania's pregnancy at Mar-a-Lago. Melania was pregnant seven months at the time, and she was doing a story on how Melania and Donald Trump are working together, you know, with her pregnancy. And Donald Trump calls her, says, you need to go into this room with me, uh, this reporter, Natasha Stoinoff. And then according to the reporter, Donald Trump pushes her against the wall, starts to try to forcibly kiss her and mm. starts trying to grope her. Um, and she reported it contemporaneously to six other people. And they all basically said at that time that Donald Trump would crush her if she brought the allegations forward. Well, she brought the allegations forward in 2016 or 2017 about Donald Trump. And Donald Trump's lawyers are arguing that the forcible kiss and the grope is not a sexual assault. So she shouldn't testify. Just how disgusting is that, is, is that on the eve of trial? And the judge basically laid him out and said, OK, that's not a clarification. That is a motion for reconsideration. I'm not an idiot, Takapina, like you. I know very specifically what you are doing here. And even if it was a motion for reconsideration, you didn't provide any new controlling law why I should reconsider the order that I already made. You brought these issues in front of me. And I said, under Florida law, her allegations were would constitute a sexual assault, that Trump was doing it for a sexual gratification. She can testify. Just let's have a normal trial here and you can cross-examine her on the witness stand. But enough of this BS. But just think about it. that's what happened today. Like, and, and do you hear like the media talking about that? I mean, look, I know it was a big news day with Tucker and all these things, but the media will report Donald Trump goes to Iowa to talk about family values and all of these things. It's like, yeah. can we just talk about what happened today in that case alone? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> that's so good. That's like the article from Politico. Trump defends his efforts to combat abortion. He touted his achievements to the Iowa Faith and Freedom Council in the face of recent criticism. I, I don't see any article other than what we're talking about on the Midas Touch Network about this ruling. It's an actual written ruling. Like, we can see it. This isn't like me like, oh, Ben, great reporting. You really dug to find. It's it's, it's on the court docket. <laughs> yeah, it's it's so and it's so vile and disgusting. And you could just see the palpable kind of sense of frustration that Judge Kaplan has in dealing with Takapina because this isn't Takapina's first letter like this. He keeps kind of filing these motions one after the next to try to kind of slide one past Judge Kaplan. And Kaplan's like, dude, just sh shut the hell up already. Like, like reading the subtext of all of his kind of letters back, denying all these motions. It's like, dude, just, just stop. 
stop. Like, stop playing games. Quit it. And Donald Trump is heading to trial. The trial set to begin Tuesday. So if you're wow. listening to this on audio, that is today. If you're watching it uh, starting tomorrow, uh, Donald Trump is going to be on trial for civil rape and defamation from E. Jean Carroll. I mean, I think one of the things that gets lost also just because Donald Trump has kind of committed so many crimes and is so crazy and does all these crazy things and and you have all the fascism and the authoritarianism that he wants to bring is he forget just how creepy he is as well like in addition like like he's he's a sexual predator like he's a real screwed up predator and and most people like him at this point, not most people, not most people, but a lot of people like him have ended up in jail or prison for a very, very, very long time for less, for less than what Donald Trump has done. I mean, he's a sick, sick, sick man. We brought up that headline. We'll dig into some of the comments that he's made in the past few days that that really reveal his vision for the country, for the United States, what he thinks America is should be. And by the way, not just him, what the whole Republican Party, what their vision for the future of America is. It's very revealing. And it's not what these articles and what the news says when they go, Donald Trump, just defending family values out there. Trump pushing for freedom. That's Mm -hmm. not what's happening (laughs) here, folks. Mm -hmm. And we'll play you the clip so you can decide for yourself, as we always do. We come with the receipts. And look, coming with the receipts, Brett, let me show you. This is what Donald Trump's lawyer actually wrote. So if you go, Ben, that can't possibly be a motion that they actually filed. I just want to read for you just just from what it says right here. This is Donald Trump's lawyer in the motion. Upon further reflection, we believe that there exists a true threshold issue of exactly what parts of Ms. Stoinoff's body defendant actually touched or attempted to touch according to her. If defendant, according to Ms. Stoinoff, only touched her shoulders and kissed her and never touched or attempted to touch her genitals, then your honor's conclusion that such evidence is not enough for a testimony to be allowed should be conclusive. Like I could go on and on and on, but that's actually a motion that Donald Trump's lawyers uh, filed. Um, and that was fortunately denied. And Brett, just saying that we've got the receipts, let's just get right into some of those mm-hmm. receipts as well, because we're about to talk about how Fox fired Tucker. But how about out there other like just ridiculous hosts like the guy Mark Levin who talks like this you know the Mark Levin guy and Mark Levin goes so what do you don't and nah. you know I mean this guy Mark Levin is like <laughs> the, like the biggest clown in the world this guy would do I remember growing up and he was like on talk radio and I would hear him just say ridiculous <laughs> things like in the, in the car in New York when I would just be driving like a long time ago but he would be he would say things in this interview with Donald Trump where Donald Trump was promoting a book about letters that Donald Trump received from people. Like, you know, most people, when they leave the office, former presidents, they write an autobiography, right? Exactly. Donald Trump is is so lazy (laughs) that the book that he puts out is not even letters that he wrote to people. It's letters that people wrote him with an emphasis 
on letters sent to him by genocidal maniacs oh. while he was in the White House. So Mark Levin goes, I find it pretty interesting that these genocidal maniacs sent you all of these letters. What a great book that you wrote. What's your response? Like that, And Donald Trump goes, well, all these, they all seem to like me. <laughs> they all seem to like, like, what world is this a normal thing going on? Yeah, he's like, in this- fact, I get along much better with the genocidal maniacs than I do with their other people in the world. You know, like, I know, yeah, I know this, I know this here that uh, that your book has like genocide. Here, play, play the clip so no, everyone sees my impression. I ask you a question about that. You have really fascinating letters in here from Putin, from Xi, from Un Putin? in North Korea. You know, I can go on and on. And what I notice there's a common thread. You had a personal relationship with every one of these leaders, whether they're genocidal mm-hmm. maniacs whether they're elected, like Abe of Japan, who was a close friend of yours and was assassinated. And I want to get into some of this. What would you say your foreign policy is? Because I think people keep projecting onto your foreign policy what it is that they think they want people to think your foreign policy is. What would you say it is? So I think more than anything else, and it was a very personal relationship, and, you know, it's sort of a weird situation. The tougher they were, the better I got along with them. And that's probably a good thing, because it was the tough ones that had the, the big, powerful countries, the ones that can do destruction. Notice your letter here, okay? <laughs> letter, you got, uh, you got some yeah. letters from Putin. You got yeah, some P- letters Putin. from... You got some letters from Putin. <laughs> you know who Mark Levin sounds like also? Um, uh, Jiminy Glick. Are there any Jiminy Glick fans in the Midas Mighty? Jiminy Glick is like one of the funniest characters of all time, a Martin Short character who would interview celebrities. And he would be like, so what's your beef with the Nazis? And, and like he would say like the funniest shit to people. And the Jiminy Glick voice and the Mark Levin voice is getting scarily similar to one another here. No, I couldn't agree more. Okay. So then in the interview, Trump, obviously he has E. Jean Carroll's trial on his mind. He talks about how China raped America and how he stopped China's rape here. Play this. Come on. And I got it back in the form of taxes, tariffs and other things. And with hundreds of billions left over and no other president got 10 cents. And yet I got along with, President Xi, incredibly well, but I was stopping the rampage. It was the rape of America. That's what it was. He, he, you were stopping nothing, you idiot. You were stopping nothing. <laughs> you were tanking our economy, you freaking idiot moron. You're the reason why we have inflation, you idiot. You're responsible for 25% of our debt, you idiot. I mean, that's 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 the, that's the re. That's the reality. That's what you were doing, you freaking idiot. I mean, the guy's a moron. These MAGA Republicans are just complete. Like the fact that they look to something like that, like you just saw in the first segment, we talked about the E. Jean Carroll trial. You see what Donald Trump's lawyer wrote in that case, which is just horrific, which should be a front page story right. where there's like a normal press, right? Who looks at it and goes, what? What, 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 what are you saying? Um, which was why we cover it here on the Midas Touch Network. Then you got Mark Levin asking him, so I see you got poutine and you've got, <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got, it, that. it would like, be so freaking funny if they weren't so dangerous. Like, like such a great point. They're so I, weird. I'm just, I, but honestly, at some point though, you know, if you, you know, cause you watch, you know, whether you watch the CNN or some people on MSNBC, you know, or, or ABC or, you know, CBS, you're like, 
all right, like you're gaslighting me right now. Like, stop acting like this shit is normal. Like, this is beyond crazy stuff. You know, and then it just, it gets crazier from there, I guess. Like, just randomly, they start talking about how great Nixon was um, and how Nixon, if Nixon had the support of people like Jim Jordan, he would have been able to, to fight tougher. Here, by the way, this is something that we've said, like here on the show, like at least back then, that Republican Party had some sliver of dignity and was able to yeah. call out their own. And then Trump just comes out and flat out admits it. Yeah, what what Nixon needed was For he sure. needed some corrupt people like Jim Jordan. Here's the clip. Uh, he was a very tough guy. He was, I guess some people would say this about me too, he was his own worst enemy. I mean, I could say that a little bit about myself, much less so than people think, I will say. But um, he was... Um, sort of a paranoid guy and that's okay you know you keep your guard up that's, i don't say that badly uh his views on henry kissinger were very interesting i won't tell you exactly i get along pretty well with kissinger but i, I tell you his views on henry kissinger were not so hot and uh he was a tough guy and he he they went over to tell him that you have to get out his biggest regret according to his daughters and i think according to him pretty much was that he didn't fight they went over there one evening, Barry Goldwater headed up the delegation and they had some senators and some congressmen. And they went over to tell him he's got to get out. And he left the following day or the following morning. And his biggest regret was that he didn't fight mm-hmm. because it wasn't really like him. And I find that very interesting. And his daughter, when I got impeached twice by uh, really crooked, disgusting politicians, you know, they just happened to have a majority and they the Democrats do stick together and they on a perfect phone call. Think of it on a perfect phone call. Mm-hmm. This was a call that I remember Tim Scott, the senator from South Carolina, read this. He was the first one to say he read the call because I had it. It was taped. The call was taped. He said he didn't say anything wrong. He was saying, like, what did he do wrong? It was a perfect call. It was a congratulatory call. But I'll never forget uh, when that happened. We had such great support. Nixon had no support. You know, he just didn't have support. He was very, very tough with people. Uh, I get along with people. I mean, I I have great Jim Jordan and all these congressmen are great. They're really incredible people. They're fighters, too. We have some great fighters. People don't realize it. You'll see that, I think. But we have some incredible fighters. Uh, Nixon didn't get along with uh, the people in Congress. He didn't get along with the senators. But the fact is, we have some great people in the Republican Party. But I get along with them and they stuck together. Did you see the part where Mark Levin was just like, hmm, hmm. <laughs> it's like, what, 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 what in the world? Trump was making a lot of noises like that too. A lot of Tr- Trump, Trump was like, and, and Nixon was a very powerful man. And his one regret is that he didn't fight back hard. Nixon's a criminal, you know, and then you've got Mark Levin going, <laughs> I mean, like, honestly, like, like these are really dangerous, yeah, really weird people. You know, the expression, everybody- you know, the expression, you are the company you keep. Well, if Trump in this interview is defending Richard Nixon, if Trump in this interview is defending his relationships with genocidal maniacs and dictators, I mean, the writing on the wall speaks for itself right there. The dude is totally unhinged. And Ben, to your earlier points here, it's like, where's... 
why isn't anybody talking about just how utterly bizarre this is? None of this is normal. And then you see the headlines, Trump touts family values in Iowa. What are you talking about? The dude's best friends with Putin, as Levine likes to Putin. say. Putin. Putin. Unbelievable. What I don't like, what, what I think everybody needs to really take seriously about all this, though, is that Donald Trump, through these interviews and the Republican Party, through all their public statements, they are telling you where they want to pull this country. Yeah. And right there, Donald Trump just openly admitted that the Republican Party is a criminal enterprise that operates like organized crime rings and protects their own. I mean, that's what was said in that clip at the end of the day. That's mm -hmm. what he was saying. And Donald Trump and the Republican Party, and put anybody, by the way, in the party who has real power in Donald Trump's place or in the nomination or whatever, all of them kind of feel this way at this point. They want to bring America into this fascist theocracy. And we need to be paying attention to this and listen to their words. And when everybody, when if anybody in your life ever goes to be, yeah, but Republicans this and Democrats that, and try to like both sides it, it's like, listen, these aren't these aren't normal times. You have one political party who you may disagree with, but you could at least acknowledge that they are trying to push the country forward and are trying to implement policies that actually help people. And there may be disagreement and debate about how to do that, but there is actually an effort being shown there. And on the other side, there's a completely fascist theocracy that is trying to strip away the freedoms of Americans that's trying to make America a Christian theocracy where it's mm -hmm. ruled not by the Constitution, but by the Bible. Um, they're trying to truthfully take over this country and ruin everything that has fundamentally fundamentally made America, America. And you'll see that every single clip that you hear today from these Republicans, and these are Republicans with real power, all are pushing towards that ultimate yep. end goal. And I want to show you that fascist theocracy on display at this Iowa conference for presidential hopefuls that took place this past week. And it was called the Faith and Freedom Spring Kickoff. That's what they called this event. I want to show you what Politico wrote about the event. Then we'll actually show you the clips of what took place just so you can see how incongruous this headline is to what actually took place here. Pull up this headline right now that says, Trump defends his efforts to combat abortion. He touted his achievements to the Iowa Faith and Freedom Council in the face of recent criticism. And then there's some other uh, headlines like presidential hopefuls go to woo the evangelicals in Iowa. Um, when you actually see what took place, Brett, to your point, listen to what they are saying. I want to show you uh, some of the clips from this fascist theocracy event that took place uh, in Iowa. And of course, we got to talk about Tucker, Tucker Carlson being fired from Fox. We'll talk about that when we come back from this quick message. Now let's take a quick break to talk about our next partner, Manukora Honey. Did you know that the best tasting honey on the planet comes from New Zealand? It's called Manuka Honey. Manukora has absolutely mastered the art of beekeeping. Their super honey is always 100% raw and has a rich and creamy texture that's unlike anything you've ever tried before. Now it's a super honey because of its unique antioxidants and prebiotics, as well as a natural antibacterial compound called MGO that only comes from the nectar of this tea tree. 
Now, I tried the 850 MGO rated Manukora honey from the bottle, and wow, it was better than I could have ever imagined. Not to mention that it contains nutrients that support optimal immune and digestive health. Every batch is 100% traceable with a unique QR code on every jar. You can verify potency, purity, and even learn about the specific beekeeper that harvested your honey. Now, I had my honey straight from the spoon, and it was delicious by itself. But you can also add it to your tea or coffee, pancakes, yogurt. You get it. Whatever you like, you could add your Manakora honey to. The creamy caramel texture melts in your mouth. It's really unlike anything I've ever tried. Manakora, it's savory, delicious, and truly the best honey I've had in my entire life. Manakora's honey is available in a range of easy-to-use formats, including squeeze bottles, compostable honey sticks, so you can eat it straight or add to your favorite foods and drinks. If you head to manacora.com slash Midas or use code Midas, you'll automatically get a free pack of honey sticks with your order. That's a $15 value. That's M-A-N-U-K-O-R-A dot com slash Midas or use code Midas to get a free pack of compostable honey sticks with your order. You haven't tasted or seen honey like this before. So indulge and try some honey with the superpowers from Manukora. Let's go. Yo, this, by, by the way, r- real quick, this honey is unbelievable. Like go right now, Midas Mighty Manukora. It's stupid it's good. Stu- it's, I'm, I'm going to have some right now. Okay, I'll tell you what's not stupid good, what took place in Iowa at this fascist theocratic event. Interesting transition there by me, but nonetheless, go. I'll, oh, good. So, I'll, 10 out of 10. I'll, I'll embrace it. It was called the Faith and Freedom Spring Kickoff, and it featured all of the MAGA Republican presidential hopefuls. The first clip I want to show you is from the Iowa GOP chair, Jeff Kaufman, who was thinking about that's just so important to them. Is it? Is it jobs? No. Is it uh, infrastructure? No. Is it lowering prescription drug price? No. Is it social security? No. Is it our veterans? No. Is it equality? No. What, what, what could the issue be? Play the clip. Today is the beginning of all of us joining together and making sure that we look the woke left in the eye and say enough is enough. We're here in the Hawkeye State to stay. Thank you for all you're going to do. Can you imagine a interview between Mark <laughs> Levin and Jeff Kaufman? So, uh, Jeff Kaufman, why do you think we got to stop the woke? You know, and it's like the, the way I describe it, you know, yeah. and and when I was in front of my class, I was giving them an example, um, you know, and they're they're too young to get the reference. Um, back in the day, you know, the, the hot Christmas president was present probably for maybe your age, Jordy. It was one generation below me was the Furbies um, and the Furbies and the Furbies would have these conversations with each other in their Furby language. <laughs> and they would like communicate with each other. And humans didn't understand their language, but they'd go, you know, if you listen to these MAGA Republicans, it's really like a group of fascist Furbies, right? Is it just... <laughs> Because it's an entirely different language from what's going on in the real world. Walk, 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 pronouns, walk, 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 pronouns, pronouns, walk, 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 bathrooms, bathrooms, pronouns, you know, you know, Dr. Seuss, Mr. Potato Head. I'm like, what, what are, what are y'all talking about? Like, what, 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 seriously, what in the world is going on 
in your world that these are, you know, then you got Marjorie Taylor Greene coming in, you know, and I don't, <laughs> this ridiculous, with this ridiculous video with the, with the dumbbells and saying, we gotta, we gotta get the radical. I mean, <laughs> here it is right here. I mean, she's got, you gotta, we're going to get you, you radical lefters. We're, you know, you're too woke for us. If you think that you're going to get away with this Nancy Pelosi <laughs> and Joe Biden, you gotta watch me do this dumbbell. <laughs> here I go. Watch me lift it. I mean, this is, this is, you know, this is fascist Furby talk. Um, and, and, and here- I'm sorry. Let me just interrupt real quick. We, you, I know you're on a roll and I apologize, but like you've coined a lot of amazing phrases on this show before, specifically the Midas touch podcast and fascist Furbies. I mean, like, I just, I want to give flowers, you know, when I can give the flower. So yeah, I'm, 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 I'm waiting for the cease and desist from the Furby company. <laughs> we call fascist. <laughs> I'm saying, I'm saying that these are fascist. Furbies by themselves, very excellent cute. product. Yeah, yes, excellent product. product. Very, yes. very cute. Should should have a rebound. Maybe this is the year, folks. Maybe this is the year of the Furbies. Maybe Jordy will be doing Furby reads in the future. All right. So this is one of the other fascist Furbies, though. And with their talk, <laughs> they're talking about. I don't even know who this person is, but you know, it's one of the Republican leaders in Iowa. And they go, "We all need to ask ourselves, what would Jesus do? What would Jesus?" say right now you know what jesus would say don't give in to the media i, I don't think jesus would say that. <laughs> but, but, <laughs> play, play this clip tonight i ask you our motto is what would jesus say and do in this room tonight what would he do if he was sitting in a chair next to you don't give in to the media don't let them divide us. The conservative movement in Iowa is on the rise. And Jesus would say, do not give in to the media. The conservative movement in Iowa is on the I just don't think that's what Jesus uh, would say. Re- Republican Jesus is its own thing, though. I, and, uh, you know, I, I'm not, I, I, I mean, they have their own Jesus. Like Republican Jesus is not the traditional uh, Jesus, actually, like that, that actual Christians, like, like, you know, this, this Jesus has AR-15s. Uh, he cares about the woke. He doesn't like giving to charity. He doesn't it's like social climate program. change. It's climate change. Yeah. No, Republican <laughs> Jesus. It's like, take all the actual Jesus stuff and just flip Hates it. It's acknowledging the existence of climate change. Ah, uh, yeah. Income inequality <laughs> loves it. Billionaires, all for them. Republican Jesus, man. It's, it's, a, it's its own thing. So here is South Carolina MAGA Republican Tim Scott. And this is Tim Scott's version of the First Amendment, which is like actually the exact opposite of what the First Amendment says. Here, play play this clip. What What should the next president do? What is the most immediate actions that the next president can do to stand for religious liberty? We must tell the story of our Constitution that the First Amendment was written to protect the church from the state, not the state from the church. Okay, why don't we just read the amendment? How, why don't we start here. with, why don't we start when we read the amendments? Like, you're going to reframe and retell the story. We, we could tell stories about Harry Potter. I mean, we could tell story. <laughs> we could tell, we could tell some Aesop's fables, but like, you know, the document, you could actually read what these things say, mm-hmm. you know, and don't you like, they're like, we are 
strict textualists. Well, here's what it says. No, 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 we're not strict textualists. We are originalists. Well, originalists, they didn't really have AR-15s. Look, just shut the F up and just listen. I mean, they, they, they basically go through, they're strict textualists, they're originalists, they're for states' rights, but then they're not for states' rights, then they're for big government in, in order to ban abortion. You know, it's like, okay, got it. So basically, you're just a bunch of losers. And no matter which way you can try to cheat, to try to make an argument, you go, oh, that's yep. what the rules actually say. There is no intellectual consistency with these morons. I yeah, can't go any further without addressing the fact that Jim, this Jim Kaufman person, he just looks like Mike Lindell with like a bee allergy. Like, have you guys noticed that he looks just like Mike Lindell? I, I didn't until you said it, but you're so right. And and but it's a, the whole party is Mike Lindell. Like Mike Lindell used to be like, oh look at that weirdo, crazy pillow man, right? And now it's like, yes, yes. everyone in the Republican Party is a version of Mike Lindell. That's that's the Republican Party in in today's day and age. What what they're trying to do though, throughout all these things, it's the same thing that fascist groups have done throughout history, which is you seize kind of the iconography, the imagery, uh, the founding documents, the symbolism of a nation, and then you weaponize that. You rewrite the meanings of those things to suit your own political ends. Mm -hmm. You uh, you co-opt it, and then you say everything through the lens of that iconography, of that symbolism, of those founding documents, while doing the exact opposite. And here you see these Republicans trying to rewrite the Constitution before our eyes. It's like the reason why you see Lauren Boebert go out there multiple times, like she said this a bunch of times, saying there's no separate separation of church and state in the constitution it's the first amendment it's literally it's 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 there it it is there just because that you're saying it's not there doesn't mean it's not there and they they stand in front of the flag and they talk about the american exceptionalism and meanwhile they are just trying to destroy everything that has actually made america america and they're arguing for small government while they're actually trying to usher in the biggest government possible and they follow that same playbook where it's like you know the system is rotten the system is destroyed it must be completely routed from within then they get into power and they just simply they, they break everything that's what they do and then once they break everything they put their cronies in power it's just corruption let's put the worst people for all these jobs in all these positions let's make them run the states let's make them run the companies because we broke it and now we, we what are we going to do yeah. we'll, just, we'll just put our friends in those positions and then you consolidate power in a way where everybody needs to come to you for help uh, oh oh you want to do something with your business well guess what i'm ron DeSantis, and you want to cross me disney i'll tell you what to do i'm going to put my people in power <laughs> for the audio listeners we're now doing the uh ron yeah. DeSantis. yeah here we go ron DeSantis bobblehead movie you know what this looks like oh man what was the movie night at the roxbury nailed it looks just like night at the roxbury like he's gonna go dance and not, not throwing any shade on that movie Brett, Brett, to your point, they're like, who should we put on the Judiciary Committee? MAGA Republicans. Hmm. Let's pick the guy who never passed the bar exam. Jim Jordan, the person who like tried to destroy the lives of real whistleblowers in Ohio, who's not a licensed lawyer. He went to law school, but isn't a licensed lawyer. Let's put him on the Judiciary Committee. Who should we put on the Oversight Committee? Like the craziest guy we could find. Let's put James Comer on the Judiciary Committee. But Brett, going back to this event that we're talking about in Iowa, here's the headline about Trump's portion of the speech. Trump defends his efforts 
to combat abortion. He touted his achievements to the Iowa Faith and Freedom Council in the face of recent criticism. That's one of the main headlines that comes out of this. But let's actually look at what Donald Trump actually said. So one of the first things he said, though, with all of what we learned about Justice Clarence Thomas and Clarence Thomas violating all of these laws and taking literally millions of dollars in gifts for luxury vacations for people who went before the court. And then Clarence Thomas is like, well, I thought that was just hospitality and I didn't have to report it. That's different than gifts. And by the way, Clarence Thomas also committing tax fraud because he certainly didn't put those gifts down as income, which you mean the gifts like Harlan Crow literally paying for his grandmother's house, renovating it and his, and his mother, his mother, his mother still living in that house to this day on Harlan Crow's dime unreported. I mean, the corruption runs deep, but with MAGA, with these Republicans, corruption is rewarded. The, the, the worse your behavior is, the more corrupt you are. That's a mark. That's almost like your like initiation yeah. into the party. That's, oh, we need more of that. Oh, Nixon, we need more Nixons. Yeah. Clarence it's, Thomas, we need more Clarence Thomases. Clarence Tomai, Thomases, Tomai. Uh, let's, let's play the clip where uh, Trump says, you know, when I'm in power, I could get you some more Clarence Thomases. My administration will again adopt rock solid constitutional conservatives to be federal bench justices and judges, but in the mold of Antonin Scalia and Justice Clarence Thomas, who, by the way, right now is under siege by the radical left. Okay, Justice Clarence Thomas objectively is the worst. Okay, like imagine the single worst justice, right? The person who just commits the most transparent and flagrant crimes in front of your face. All these other MAGA Republican justices are also criminals, right? But Clarence Thomas is like the worst of the criminals, like just like partying on yachts and wearing these T-shirts with these million dollar vacations that he goes on. And then his best friend is like the number one collector of Adolf Hitler memorabilia, the person who's giving him all of this money, who has like a garden of evil celebrating like dictators. And Donald Trump goes, that's who that's who I want to put on the Supreme Court. People who are more like Clarence Thomas, like not not saying people who are more like John Roberts, which, by the way, would be a still ridiculous thing to say. But at least you want to go John Roberts. We could have a normal we could have like a normal conversation here. But here's the thing with MAGA Republicans. They take it to places that you can't even interact like a right. normal human being. I mean, look at this event also where where the political headline was Trump defends his efforts to combat abortion. The headline wasn't Donald Trump completely lies about everything in one of the most despicable, weird speeches, because in this speech that got this normal headline from large media networks, this is what Donald Trump said that Democrats want with respect to abortions. He says that Democrats want to kill babies after birth um, and, and like just ridiculous, ridiculous. Like that's why you can't even then have a serious conversation with people like this. And then rather than say that is a disgusting and despicable lie, that's not the case. That's not what Roe v. Wade said. Donald Trump, the headline should be Donald Trump lies and defames Democrats and mm -hmm. belies normalcy at the most offensive and absurd event that was a fascist, theocratic, whatever. Here, play, play this is what Donald Trump said. And you, you saw the headline that political wrote. This is what Trump actually said. 
I will continue to stand strong against the extreme late-term abortionists in the Democrat Party who believe in abortion on demand in the ninth month of pregnancy and even executing babies after birth. They actually talk beyond birth, after birth, executing the baby. This is where we've come. And it's so sad to see. No, this is not where we've come. You are a liar. You are making that up. It is a disgusting lie and a lie in order for freaking Donald disgusting Trump. Go back to the video. Donald Trump, who's accused repeatedly of rape, says Donald Trump mm -hmm. wants to make the decision over a woman's body. Donald Trump, DeSantis, Jim Jordan, Matt Gates, they these people say they want to make the decision and then they lie with these despicable, disgusting lies, like real disgusting freaking people. It's absolutely gross. I mean, that's why, you know, a lot of people are like, but how are you reaching the, you know, the the MAGA diehard? I'm like, I'm not trying to we're not trying to reach the MAGA. Die. I mean, you think you think we're trying to reach those people? You think you, you think it's even worth talking to those people? Honestly, like like Donald Trump has unleashed such a vicious brand of lies and polit and politics upon this country. It's so incredibly toxic and we just need to drown it out with our truth. And we need to yeah. use that though, to show folks what is actually happening on the fascist side of the political spectrum, because what he says is absolutely repulsive to most of America, which is why we highlight it and frame it correctly on these shows, because it's important to know what's actually going on. You know, people shouldn't be caught off guard when if and when a Republican ever gets into power and then tries to implement exactly what Donald Trump is breaking down for you right here, what Republicans are doing. And you see it happening right now in states across the country, as we refer to them, uh, thanks to uh, David Pepper, uh, laboratories of autocracy mm -hmm. we see these laboratories of autocracy across the country in these red states that have republican super majorities and we see what they are doing with these draconian abortion bans which are before you could even find out that you're pregnant they're banning abortion even in the case of rape and incest in many cases including i believe it was north dakota today the governor just signed in a full abortion ban at six weeks even if there's rape and says anything, no zero exceptions whatsoever in that bill. And we've been warning about this on, you know, on our shows for a while. And, and we did that video about the crossing of the interstate lines, the traffic stop video. And at the time when we had released that video, there were a lot of people who said, oh, you're overreacting. They're never, that's never going to happen. We have Roe v. Wade. They're never going to overturn that. They're never going to ban, they would never ban travel. You're, you're overreacting. Stop, stop being so, uh, you know, you're being, being sensationalist. So, yeah. Stop being so sensationalist. And we were like, this is where Thing, I mean, this is where things are heading. You probably got fact-checked by CNN. Yeah, <laughs> probably. Exactly. Honestly, yeah, probably. Honestly, I mean, probably did. We, we, got, we got a bunch of articles written. And now, like, that's a real thing that's actually happening in states across the country. So it's important for us to understand the blueprint as to what these Republicans are looking to do, what they're saying. I mean, the, mm -hmm. good, the good thing for us is they say it out loud. 
you know, we're able to hear them and we could plan accordingly. And thankfully, we're starting to see the beginnings of accountability across the board for people who spread these kinds of lies. I do think that the tide is turning, but that's mm-hmm. why we need to continue to stay on the offense here in all retros- in all aspects. Well, Can that is why it is so is why it's so important that when we refer to the Midas Touch network, that this isn't a sterile network. That y'all listening and watching right now, tell your friends, tell your family members, tell your coworkers to tune in here. Because honestly, ask yourself, did you see that crazy Trump clip that we just played on any network covered anywhere about him lying to his followers, saying that we kill babies after birth? That stuff just isn't true. And the media, it, it, they're, they're not up to meet this moment. We're at 1.1 million subscribers now, and it's all thanks to y'all in this community, and we grow week over week because of the power of you, because of the power of your love for this country. So if you're not, subscribe right now to this YouTube channel. Tell your friends to subscribe. Let's keep growing this because the legacy media, they're not up to meet this moment in the way and with the seriousness that it needs to be met with, and we're here doing that with y'all, and we know you love this country as much as we do. We're not going to let the Donald Trumps of the world take that from us. You know, Brett, if a MAGA Republican, though, does say, hey, you know, I'm I'm looking at this Midas Touch Network, you know, and I'm looking at these, you know, Trump clips, I'm looking at January 6th, though, what I do want to be very loud and proud about is that I love this country, right? And I absolutely love what our Constitution stands for. I think that our country can always try to improve, can always try to do better. But my love for this country is not performative. I don't just go, hey, here's a constitution, everybody, you know, or or here's the flag, everybody. Look, the flag. I love it. Look, that means I'm I'm a great patriot. Look, I'm a patriot. Look, I I, I like to consider myself a patriot. I, I like and I love our flag. I love our constitution. I love this country. But for me, you show it with your conduct. You show it with what you do. You show with it that when you defend you know, you know, Americans, when you defend equality, when you defend people throughout this world, when you try to make the world a better place, when you aspire to those ideals, when you start actually trying to address issues and make it better, that's how you demonstrate that you are patriotic. Brett, uh, just to close the loop, though, on some of this fascist theocratic stuff, um, former Vice President Pence, right, he did this appearance on CBS. He also spoke at that Iowa convention, but he went on CBS this weekend and he said how what he'd like to see is mifepristone off the market. Now, mind you, it's already banned now in red states, right? So let's be clear what he is talking about, because when they pass their total abortion bans, mifepristone is basically banned in those states pursuant to the terms of those bans, right? So what he is actually saying is in the states that are blue states, where there aren't these extremist MAGA Republicans who want to control women's body in those other states. He now wants on a federal government level, a federal judge like the Trump appointee or through federal legislation to stop what we do in blue states or other more moderate states do or purple states. That's what they're saying that they want to do, which when you view it through that prism, you're like, I thought you're the state's rights guy. You know, what you're doing in your states is horrific. But now you, dude, get out of, get out of my state. Like, what are mm-hmm. you doing? Get government out of this stuff, you freaking weirdo. Government, stop telling who you can marry, who you can't marry. Stop trying to control a woman's body. Look at this freaking creep. Look at former Vice President Pence, a freaking creep. 
play this clip of him about Mifepristo. I'm pro-life. I don't apologize for it. I, uh, I think the fact the Biden administration allowed Mifepristone to be made available on a mail-order basis was a, a fundamental change. Uh, even in states that have limited abortion. I'd like to see this medication off the market to protect the unborn, but also I, I, I have deep concerns about the way the FDA went about approving mifepristone 20 years ago. Uh, I, I'm grateful uh, that action is being taken in the courts to hold the FDA accountable to what the law requires in reviewing any medication that's made on the marketplace. So for the sake of protecting the unborn, but also uh, for the health and safety of women. Uh, I, I'm looking forward to this, uh, this litigation continuing uh, and holding the manufacturers of mifepristone accountable and ultimately putting the interests of women first. Okay, first off, don't you dare talk about women, Mike Pence, you freaking creep. Okay, don't you dare speak for women. I don't speak for women. All I'm saying is that the government should not be involved in that decision. Don't you dare speak for women, Mike Pence. I want to say that number one. Yes, number two, number total get number two. Are are you running on a track or something before you do these interviews? Like what? What the? What is that whole shtick that he does right there, where he like does the he does the kind of Trump sniffles, where it's like, you know, I am deeply disappointed and the approval 20 years ago you're deeply disappointed in the approval 20 years, 20 years ago what now now you're the fda now you can make decisions about things that are safe and effective the way the fda is supposed to you're going to overrule them not only that you want to hold them accountable what do you want to do you want to you want to sue them into oblivion like what wh what is your end game right there you know and again you know this is about the MAGA Republicans who claim, oh, we're states' rights, we're states' rights, we're small government. No, 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 no. You are the biggest of big government. Yep. The government needs to stay out of these decisions. It is that simple, okay? And Pence, the biggest creep in the world, you see him in those videos basically saying, I, I want to be the one who makes – who makes the decision because I am a conservative and then I am a Republican and then I am uh, what does he say? He goes, I'm a, I'm, I'm a Christian and then I'm a conservative and then I'm a Republican. Notice when he does that shtick, he never says that I am an American because some of that stuff mm. is the most anti-American stuff I've ever heard. Great we have a point. lot more show. We have a lot more show. We got to talk about Tucker Carlson. Tucker. I've been so hyped up on these segments, but we Tucker. got we, we got Tucker right when we come back from this quick break. This is sponsored by Miracle Made Sheets. Now, whether you want to get more fit or be a better parent or get more done at work, there's one thing that will help, and that's better sleep. With Miracle Made Sheets, you can tap into the power of self-cooling temperature regulation, which has been shown to improve deep sleep quality by over 20%. Now using silver infused fabrics originally inspired by NASA, Miracle Made sheets are thermoregulating and designed to keep you at the perfect temperature all night long. So you get better sleep every night. These sheets are infused with silver that prevent up to 99.7% of bacterial growth, leaving them to stay cleaner and fresh three times longer than other sheets. No more gross odors. Miracle sheets are luxuriously comfortable without the high price tag of other luxury brands and feel as nice, if not nicer, than bed sheets used from some of the five-star hotels. Stop sleeping on bacteria. Clean sheets means less bacteria to clog your pores and fewer breakouts and other skin problems. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas 
to try Miracle Made Sheets today. And with Mother's Day and Father's Day right around the corner, this is the perfect way to give someone you love the gift of better and more luxurious sleep. Save over 40% off and be sure to use our promo code MIDAS at checkout to save even more and get three free towels. Miracle is so confident in their product that it's backed with a 30-day money-back guarantee. So if you aren't 100% satisfied, you'll get a full refund. Upgrade your sleep with Miracle Made. Go to trymiracle.com slash Midas and use the code Midas to claim your free three-piece towel set and save over 40% off. Again, that's trymiracle.com slash Midas to treat yourself. Our next partner is AG1 by Athletic Greens. Now, I take AG1 by Athletic Greens literally every day. I gave AG1 a try because I wanted better gut health, boosted energy, immune system support, and I hated taking pills and vitamins and wanted a supplement that actually tastes great. I take AG1 in the morning before working out, and it makes me feel incredible and just ready to take on my day. When I take AG1, I know I'm doing something good for my body, like giving my body the nutrition that it craves and covering my nutritional bases. I've tried a ton of different supplements out there, but this is different and the ingredients are super high quality. I got started with AG1 because I used to take all these different pills and gummies and frankly what I was taking was expensive and I didn't even know if it was good for me. But with AG1 by Athletic Greens, I know that what I'm consuming has the best ingredients and also tastes delicious. AG1 makes it easier for you to take the highest quality supplements, period. When I started my AG1 journey, very quickly I noticed that it helps me with, you know, improved overall digestion, my energy levels were up, and just overall I was feeling great. It's just one scoop of powder mixed with water once a day, and it's a seamless and easy daily habit to maintain. The Midas Mighty asked me all the time, Jordy, how do you have so much energy to do these ad reads? Well, if I could only pick one thing, it's AG1 by Athletic Greens. Just one daily serving covers my day's nutritional basis and supports my long-term gut health with 75 high-quality vitamins, minerals, and whole food sourced ingredients. I can't think of another daily routine that pays off as well as AG1, which is why I trust the product so much. If you're looking for a simpler and cost-effective supplement routine, Athletic Greens is giving you a free one-year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com slash Midas. That's athleticgreens.com slash Midas. Check it out. Good ad reads, Jordy. We have have really good sponsors. sponsors. We have great sponsors. I want to give a shout out here to Tracy777, who was in our uh, live chat during the live broadcast, who said about the Miracle Made sheets, these sheets do work to keep your temperature. I love them. I mean, if that's not a ringing endorsement, I don't know what is. Trymiracle.com slash Midas. I was about to say, you don't have to even remember the addresses. You can just check the descriptions of the podcast and it will direct your right. We won't steer you wrong. By the way, my new energy, my new energy, athletic, athletic greens. I, I had a moment where I, I was I, I, AG1 really legitimately crazy. changed Ben's life, like, like for <laughs> yeah, sure. Like, I, like I, I've, I've never seen such a turnaround and change. But folks, you know, I got some good news. Uh, I, I got, I, I got some good news for y'all, folks, and you guys already know it. Tucker Carlson out at Fox 
propaganda network, I will call them. And this was like a, a seismic news story this morning that I don't think anybody possibly could have predicted. Obviously, Fox was just hit by the $787.5 million settlement in the Dominion suit. They had gotten rid of Dan Bagino. There were rumors out there that they were thinking about maybe getting rid of Janine Pirro and Maria Bartiromo. And you know, I thought that those were kind of the more likely ones, you know, they would get rid of kind of their B, C, D tier talent and keep their biggest talent kind of out there. Right. And, and Tucker is getting like three plus million viewers a night. He was probably one of the last people that you would think would go. But today news breaks that Fox fired Tucker Carlson, even though they said it was mutual very much as being reported when you learn the inside that this was in no way mutual whatsoever. Tucker fired from Fox News and that the orders came from Rupert Murdoch himself. Now, the way that they did this to me also has to be you know, it leads me to believe that there is a lot more to this story than we even know. Vanity Ooh. Fair is reporting that the reason for Tucker's, Tucker Carlson's termination can be found somewhere in the redacted portions in the emails and texts that Dominion obtained during the discovery process in its lawsuit against Fox. If you remember, there were plenty of redacted messages, and Fox is the one who asked for those redactions because they thought them to be incredibly harmful for the network. So whatever those redactions are, are apparently really, really, really bad. This also seems to, st seems to stem a lot from the Abby Grossberg lawsuit against Fox. Abby Grossberg was the ex-Tucker Carlson producer who basically Fox wanted to lie on, on the stand, lie in her testimony in the Dominion case. And she and her suit had mentioned all this horrific behavior that was happening at Fox News. I mean, them using the C word around the office, them having sexually suggestive photos of Nancy Pelosi around the office, just constantly demeaning women, as I said on one of the last episodes. It sounded like Fox was a fascist frat house or is a fascist frat house with Tucker Carlson as the leader of the fascist frat house. And I think there is all I think there's got to be something to the Abby Grossberg story because it wasn't only Tucker who was let go today, although that was the big headline. But Tucker Carlson's executive producer, Justin Wells, also no longer with the network. And they did it like that. Like it's not they didn't even give Tucker an opportunity to come back for a last show. It's not like they said you have a week to break the news to your audience. They decided in a rush. It seemed like yeah. This morning on a dime, they decided that they were firing him. They, uh, I think Suzanne Scott was the one who made the call um, to Tucker Carlson about the firing, and they immediately shut off Tucker's email, which is not exactly a friendly goodbye for their most watched person on the entire network. I just want to relive because, you know, it was such a joy to watch them report this news on themselves. This is, uh, what's her name, Harris Faulkner uh, announcing on Fox Today that the network had parted ways with Tucker Carlson. And this just brings a smile to my face. So let's let's play it. We have some news from within our Fox family. Fox News Media and Tucker Carlson have mutually agreed to part ways. Tucker's last show was this past Friday. And starting tonight, Fox News Tonight will air live at 8 p.m. Eastern. It will be an interim show with rotating Fox News personalities until a new host is named. We want to thank Tucker Carlson for his service to the network as a host and prior to that as a long-term contributor. 
his service Awkward. to the network. It's like, all right, it's not like he's like a military. Play it back. Like, Let's play roll. it back. <laughs> play it back. One more time. One yeah. more his time. Honorable, I, his honorable no, service that he dedicated. Can I can yeah. I say this? Can I can I speculate here too? So when the text messages came out, Tucker, the Fox files of Tucker, you know, just talking trash about Donald Trump, how much he hates him, how much he's calling the audience that he uh, speaks to every night, stupid, and so on and so forth. They didn't do anything to him. They just let him stay. I could only imagine what's in those redacted files being more pointed and directed at Fox leadership and them getting upset that Tucker was talking mean about them. And that was the straw that broke the camel's back. Yeah, apparently Tucker was saying a lot of really horrific things about the management at Fox and about mm-hmm. the executives at Fox and and Murdoch. And, Murdoch. and, and, and what it kind of seems like also is he, he flew a little bit too close to the sun. Mark Levin might say a little bit. I think you flew or is that Jiminy Glick? I'm getting my boy. I think you flew a little bit too close to the sun there, Tucker, um, because it, Tucker and, and you saw this in the way that he communicated with other people like Hannity, like Suzanne Scott in those deposition in the testimony that we saw in the text messages. Tucker viewed himself as an integral part of Fox. Like he viewed himself to be Fox. Sure. Right. And I think in any company like and I've worked for plenty of companies, the executives at the company don't like when one of their employees act like they are the entire company. I mean, it becomes a, a power thing. And Tucker was acting like he was Murdoch or that he was more powerful than Murdoch. And I think at a certain point, Murdoch was like, I got to make a point here, right? And, and and they got a lot of stuff coming down the pipeline now. I mean, the shareholder lawsuit that's that's coming, the Smartmatic, which is $2.7 billion. That's even more than the Dominion suit. I mean, they are in for a rude awakening at the network. And like we said on one of the previous shows, one of the things that was so interesting to me about reading that all that testimony and seeing the internal communications at Fox is seeing how fragile of a network that they actually are. And I'm right. going to extend this also to the entirety of kind of the far-right fascist Republican movement. The entire thing is a house of cards. And they put on this false sense of bravado where they act tough and they act like they're invincible. But the truth is, they are not. And today we saw a, a piercing of the veil of that invincibility with Fox News. And that's why I think this is also so incredibly important. And I think we are just only hearing the tip of the iceberg of the story and what's happening at Fox News. And the reactions from Fox News also are super interesting. Like internally, there are reports that the Fox employees are actually overjoyed that Tucker is out of there. This is a like a Rolling Stone report talking about the reaction within Fox. Fox News staffers celebrate Tucker Carlson's departure. Quote, pure joy, one Fox reporter said in their reaction to the split. No one is untouchable. It's a great day for America and for the real journalists who work hard every day to deliver the news at Fox. Okay, don't get ahead of your skis with the real journalist stuff, but point taken. It was a good move to part ways with Tucker, added a producer. He knowingly spread lies throughout his time at Fox, but I fear management will replace him with someone who is just like him, so there probably won't be any real change. Good riddance, said a network correspondent. For a while there, it seemed like he was running the network, which is kind of the point I was just making. This clearly is a message that he is not. In the interim, it's a morale boost. That's for sure. And the reaction from the right was predictably cataclysmic um when you saw just <laughs> nice the, the, 
yeah, the complete absolute freak out from, you know, the Trump family, from all these right wing kind of MAGA influencer kind of people like Charlie Kirk. I mean, they acted like the guy died. Let me play you this clip of, of Tucker weird. Carlson. You're I mean, right. it's it, it's You're so, so right. bizarre. Let me, yeah, yeah. Let me play you this clip from Charlie Kirk today. I mean, it, it sounds like he's given a eulogy about Tucker Carlson here. Tucker Carlson remade the right. That is one thing I will agree with the view on. He was more powerful than anybody else since the death of Rush Limbaugh in reshaping the rights, in moving the Overton window, in pushing forward positive narratives, in challenging Operation Mockingbird. And I can say this as somebody who knows Tucker very well. He did not care about the backlash. Can I say one thing just when he mentions the Overton window? He says that like it's a good thing, right? Yeah. Just so everybody knows what the Overton window is. It's an expression that refers to the range of policies politically acceptable to the mainstream population at a given time. It's also known as the window of discourse. So the fact that he pushed the Overton window such that MAGA Republican fascism was embraced as kind of just what Republicans are is a really frightening thing to be celebrating. So, mm. and by the way, that's what Charlie Kirk is saying there. I'm not sure if he doesn't know what the word Overton window means. I think he does, but Ben, he's celebrating that Tucker mainstreamed MAGA fascism, fascism. and racism and white supremacy. Because uh, just so a, a visual aid for those thinking about what the Overton window is, you have the left and you have the right, and you have acceptable political discourse somewhere in the middle of that left and right, if you think about it on a spectrum, right? And what the shifting of the Overton window means is that Tucker took that portion of the right, and he pushed it over this way, and he took the middle with him that way towards the right. And so he took that right where they were like, oh, look, we're conservatives. He took that towards complete fascism, towards complete pro-Russia, towards just full-on white supremacy, white replacement theory. He brought the conversation this way, and Charlie Kirk is celebrating that in doing so, he brought the mainstream closer to that end of the spectrum, which is a bad thing. Basically, Tucker made Nazism a little bit more palatable is, is what he's celebrating, what he said, right? just, mm -hmm. just to put it into kind of basics. And it's it's disgusting. And, you know, it's something that we've also called out, you know, with, with the media kind of buying into that new alternative, uh, that, that new Overton window, which is why we say, listen, the, the truth is not somewhere in between left and right. That's not how this works. The truth is the truth. So just because they are going even further and further to the right does not mean that that middle is shifting over to the right. It's something that we say like re re repeatedly here. And here's the way that, you know, uh, aside from all the reporting that Tucker was completely caught flat-footed by this announcement. And by the way, I don't even think the network, I don't think they woke up today necessarily even thinking that this is Tucker's last day. Because right before the Harris Faulkner segment that we showed you before of her announcing the firing, legitimately in the commercial break before, they were advertising Tucker's show for tonight. And here's the advertisement. Tonight, we need a new conservative movement. How this candidate plains to become a contender. Vivek Ramaswamy goes inside his 2024 campaign. Next, Tucker Carlson tonight. What, by the way, why is Vivek Ramaswamy, why, why is this guy everywhere all, all of a sudden? I know he's like running for president and has zero shot, but it's just very strange that he's on all the network. But they were planning on having that show tonight and on Tucker's show. You know why? Friday, because they're like, they're like, okay, Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, like these people can't even have like an intelligent conversation. Like when Vivek Ramaswamy says things, 
he sounds smart when you, when you when you listen to his words they are the most ridiculous thing but he says it in such a way where you're like well he's communicating the idea through coherent sentences oh, so those are words. i guess i guess that i guess that's an upgrade i mean he basically said and we'll play this clip in a little bit with don lemon you know where vivek ramasamwe is like he basically was arguing that the NRA did more for civil rights than like, I'm like, what, what, what are you talking about? The NRA advanced civil rights? Like what, Jordy? I think you guys are just missing the point about Vivek. Isn't he worth like $600 million? This is why this person's right. Correct me if I'm wrong. I'm, I'm, I'm pretty sure his net worth is something ridiculous. He's the Connor if, for all those secession fans out there. He's the Connor Roy at running at that 1% where Dude, that, it's that's exactly, the it's exactly it. It's a succession <laughs> episode from uh, like two or three weeks ago where uh, they're kind of making fun of uh, Connor Roy for not even having one percentage point in the polls and they go you know he goes i need an extra hundred million dollars or, or whatever it is and exactly they're like, why? They're like well, why what happens if you hit one percent of the polling he goes i get it to be a part of the conversation and that's, and that's exactly exact. what vivek is doing here thank you yes yeah and and you know you, you know tucker had no idea that it was coming because this is how tucker closed out his show on friday we just thought what a great way to end the week yeah truly that was a great segment and I'm just grateful that you came on, and I'm especially grateful for the pie. Thank you for having me. Appreciate it. Employee of the week. We're going to just make it of the year. Tyler Morrell of Coco's Pizza. That's it for us for the week. We'll be back. By the way, the entire episode of Let Them Eat Bugs, not quite as good as pizza, streaming now on Fox Nation. Use the promo code ORIGINALS for 30 days free. And we'll be back on Monday. In the meantime, have the best weekend with the ones that you love, and we'll see you then. He was not, in fact, back on Monday. And by the way, did you notice how proud Ben was of me when I made that connection before? Ben's face lit up. He he really liked that connection I made. I was fact checking you behind the scenes. I was fact checking. And and when I was and when I was proof correct, you're like, wow, that was a really good point, Jay. Just yeah, the way you linked both of those things was a plus. But I was doing my little research behind that. I was like, is Jordy just making this up or is it true? true." (laughs) Even just look at the show that Tucker was like promoting his Tucker originals, let them meet bugs. Like this is a thing that he's pushing that the Democrats This this is the testicle tanning guy. Want, yeah, they want you to eat bugs, right? He's responsible for putting this toxicity about, you know, Ray Epps, this, this guy who was a MAGA guy, by the way. Like, he's a full-on MAGA idiot, this guy, who was caught up in the insurrection. But because he was on video the night before saying we're going to storm the Capitol, they're like, he's an FBI plant, he's an FBI plant. Meanwhile, you have Ray Epps's legal team, like, reaching out to potentially sue Tucker and Fox for defamation for all that stuff. But they just spread these lies. They're just they're just straight up lies and they're toxic. And Fox is finally feeling the financial burden of what these lies actually mean. And it's brutal for them. And for the first time, they're facing a little bit of accountability here. And it's completely devastating for them. It's completely devastating for Republicans. You see that Fox is, the, you know, where do I think Tuck, like Tucker grows from here? I mean, it could be a multitude of things. We could speculate kind of all night. Does he end up at Newsmax? Does he do his own That's thing? Like, yeah, he could, you know, you know, he could probably like if, if Tucker realistically started his own kind of streaming whatever service tomorrow, he'd probably make even more money than they paid him at Fox and they paid him all at Fox. Like, I, I have no guarantee of, you know, I, I, I have no doubt about something like that. But if that was the beneficial move for Tucker, he would have done that by now, right? He wouldn't have signed an additional contract with Fox. He wouldn't have been with the network. Tucker viewed Fox as a key part of his mission to do whatever is 
is that he was doing. He felt like he was Fox. He felt like he ran Fox and he got a rude awakening today. And, you know, I think that part of it is absolutely undeniable, regardless of what happens to Tucker uh, beyond here. And it was just really one after the next. Do you guys have anything else to say about Tucker? Well, I just, I just want to say this real quick. I just want to say this real quick. So Tucker's just going to, he's going to pull the Megyn Kelly playbook. This is what he's going to do. He's going to start his own podcast. He's going to get picked up probably by Joe Rogan, Spotify. And that, and that's probably where Tucker ends up going. He's so toxic I, though. I, 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 I disagree with you. Push back. And, and it was, it was Brett's point that Brett was about to make too, which is there are 787.5 million reasons why Spotify is probably not willing to sign a Tucker and why Tucker was able to kind of like a parasite live within the Fox orbit because yep. Fox had limitless money. There's really no one else other than Fox that could pay kind of easily a $787.5 million settlement in the media. Like, so if you were to go to a Spotify or one of those places, and by the way, I get Spotify has a massive market cap, but I think Spotify looks at that settlement and goes, that's too much risk and too much liability. And if Tucker were to start something on his own, um, he doesn't have the indemnification that Fox gives him to mm -hmm. pay out those huge judgments. And then Tucker becomes individually liable. And, and, and who's going to insure? What insurance company is going to go in and uh, give Tucker Carlson defamation insurance? Like, so I think it's actually going to be harder than you think for him to to find a home. And my, my last point about Tucker before you go to Don Lemon, Brett, is RT, Russian television, um, posted, hey, at Tucker Carlson, you can always question more at RussianTelevision.com. So uh, Russian propaganda already knows their man. And by the way, he may end up there. Like, that's not without you know beyond the question yeah the responses were so good uh, i mean we could we could go through some of them if we're going to do the rt because this marjorie taylor green one cable news oh, yeah. is about to be taught a powerful lesson about your cave to the woke mob and fired tucker carlson americans no longer blindly watch the news like they did decades ago they only watch the ones who have the courage to tell the truth americans are about to quit watching don't don't threaten me with a good time, Marge. Quit watching. Okay, you know, Fox is also in a precarious situation right now because they're renegotiating their carriage fees as we speak. And Fox really doesn't get their money from advertisements. They don't rely on that as a source of revenue really at all. <laughs> you they mean Mike Lindell's not bankrolling them anymore? No, they, they rely on these carriage fees and they're currently actually trying to demand higher carriage fees. So this could not, all, all of this could not come at a worse time for Fox. And, you know, Brian Kilmeade filled in for uh, Tucker tonight. I saw the comments uh, from the Tucker fans, the Fox fans under his post about him uh, hosting the show. And it was freaking brutal. And Jim Jordan said the same way. I'll be on Fox News tonight at 7 p.m. The comments were like, the hell you are like i'm never watching that network again let it burn to the ground like fox just also pissed off like its entire viewer base and so it's going to be really interesting to see what happens just in terms of their viewership numbers also and for them to do this while like tucker is on contract you know tucker is on contract for at least i think another year and as much as like probably three more years and so they're gonna have to pay him out for the remainder of his contract and Maybe. so maybe maybe not depends um but, but, but also termination was for cause maybe not and ben do you do you think that i i think they'd almost do it just to like 
keep him from talking too much shit. But do, do you think that there is a non-compete clause in his contract? I think that would be interesting to find out if, if anybody's looking into that, because if there's a non-compete technically through the remainder of his contract, whether he's on the air or not, he couldn't actually go to any sorts of competitors or, or, or whatnot, if that is in fact in his contract. So. I, I don't think that my legal analysis is I don't think that's the case. Um, Non-compete clauses in situations like this are very rarely enforceable. So I, I don't think it would be enforceable. That's going to be my exact legal analysis too on, yeah, on the termination. I, 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 I ultimately don't think it would be enforceable. And also, I mean, look, I think they're going to work out a deal. I think that Fox would probably have the right based on those redacted messages that we don't know what they say to terminate him for cause. They definitely have language about disparaging the networks that he's probably dead to rights on, that they could yeah. terminate him for cause. At the same time, they probably want to buy more peace and they probably have already budgeted you know, and set aside in reserves with the Dominion settlement, like a billion dollars to try to deal with all of this stuff that they probably are going to uh, apply to this. But, um, you know, we'll, as we learn more there, we'll, we'll, we'll report. But Brett, you were talking about Don Lemon as well, because you hear about the Tucker news, then Don Lemon um, at, kind of out of nowhere. What a crazy um, day for the media, huh? I like just one-two punch. All of a sudden we find out Don Lemon was also let go from Fox and CNN, similarly to the Fox statement they positioned it um as kind of a mutual departure don lemon quickly uh posted his own statement and uh, we got to get someone's got to get don lemon a good like notes app or something to make where did he statement. write this on i don't know but don, don, don lemon posted this statement saying i was informed this morning by my agent that i've been terminated by cnn i am stunned after 17 years at cnn i would have thought someone in management would have the decency to tell me directly at no time was i ever given any indication i would not be able to continue to do the work that i've loved at the network it's clear that there are some larger issues at play. With that said, I want to thank my colleagues and the many teams I have worked with for an incredible run. They are the most talented journalists in the business, and I wish them the best. Then it was just kind of messy, honestly. CNN then kind of fired back at Don Lemon through their PR account, and they said uh, Don Lemon's statement about this morning's events is inaccurate. He was offered an opportunity to meet with management, but instead released a statement on Twitter. You know, it's hard to know totally what to make of this it seems like uh don lemon and the new leadership over at cnn who has been trying to bring cnn further and further to the right have been butting mm -hmm. heads for a bit i mean don lemon went from a primetime show right. to then sharing the spotlight in a morning show which is a big shift um i think don lemon also like I, i've always liked don lemon but you could kind of see like over the past few years like just the endless BS kind of out there kind of wearing him down. <laughs> like it, you just kind of saw him get visibly more and more kind of frustrated um, with the world and with the news. And I think that kind of came out. He made that weird comment, like yeah, super yeah. offensive comment a few weeks ago about women and being in their prime. I think it was about Nikki Haley, which yeah. I thought was, I honestly, if, if anything, I thought he was going to be let go for maybe those statements because that was a, honestly it's a great point. It, it was a really disgusting statement from him. But the New York Times reporting like said that he was fired for something completely different. And this really just totally shocked me. So we're going back to Jordy, Mr. 1% or I don't Conneroy, know. Conneroy, baby! Mr. Conneroy, this, how do you say his name? Ben Vivek uh, Ramasamwe. Yep. Um, and he uh, recently was on Don Lemon's uh, the, on the that morning God, show with Don Lemon, round. and Don Lemon pushed back at uh, honestly appalling statements that uh, Ramasamwe was saying, where he was basically crediting the NRA and the Second Amendment 
for slavery ending in the United States. I, I mean, just truly disgusting stuff. And Don Lemon pushed back. And New York Times is saying it wasn't the, the woman comment. It wasn't anything else about butting heads with the network heads, but it was this moment specifically that pushed them over the edge to fire Don Lemon. I thought this was just totally bizarre. I'll play the clip. With due respect, I find I find your explanation reductive and actually insulting, including to black Americans, to say that black people today, compared to 1964, 1865, haven't made progress in part because of the freedoms we secured. And the Second Amendment was black part people, of the Hang on, that please. Freedom. I cannot keep a thought if you guys are talking to me in my ear. So uh, hang on one second. So to say that, that black people, say, say what you said again. Black people secured their freedoms after the Civil War. It is a historical fact, Don. Just study it. Only after their Second Amendment rights were secured. They were not secured their freedoms after the Civil War. That is not you. You are discounting uh, uh, Reconstruction. You're discounting a whole host of things that happened after the Civil War when it comes to African Americans, including the whole reason that the Civil Rights Movement happened is because black people did not secure their freedoms after the Civil War, and that things turned around. People tried to change the freedoms that were supposed to. And you know how they got it? They got their Second Amendment rights, and they actually got the NRA played a big role in that. But today, down the the NRA did not play a big role. They train black Americans how to use firearms. That's a lie. That's not. The NRA did not play a big role. This is just historical fact. But not historical fact. The part that I find because you say it's historical fact. The part that I find insulting is when you say today black Americans don't have those rights after we have gone through civil rights revolution in this country. You are sitting here telling an African American about the rights and what you find insulting about the the way I live, the skin I live in every day. Here's where you and I have the freedom that black and white that black people don't have in this country, and that black people do have. Well, here's where you and I have a different point of view. I think we should be able to express our views regardless of the color of our skin. We should have this debate without me regarding views, you as a black man, insulting that but you're me regarding you as a fellow citizen. That you're That's sitting what I think here, whatever ethnicity you are, explaining to me whatever ethnicity about I'm, what it's like to be black Whatever America. ethnicity I'm, I'm I'll tell you what I am. I'm an Indian American. I'm proud of it. But I think we should have this debate. Black, white, doesn't matter. I think we should have this on debate on the content should, of the ideas. Do it, you should do it in an honest way and in a I fair think, way. And what you're doing is not an honest and fair way. We appreciate you coming on. With due respect, Don, I look forward to continuing that conversation. Thank you. Conversation. Thank, Thank you. you so much. And by the way, that's why the MAGA Republicans love that guy because he goes there and very in a very articulate way spews the disinformation, right? And he says things like everybody knows it. It's a historical fact. You know, and he says it like that. And then he goes, Well, I at least think we need to debate this and have an honest conversation about it. And Don Lemon's like, we can have an honest conversation. You're not having an honest conversation, right? Going back to like the Overton window, like they're literally injecting a completely false narrative that is just a total lie. And they are presenting it as just another part of a debate that two reasonable minds can disagree over this fact. And that uh, the MAGA Republicans believe that it is a historical fact that it was actually the NRA who were the ones who restored all of these rights to African-Americans. And, and we should have a debate about that, they go. They go, this should be a debate that we had. It's the Second Amendment that restored all of the rights. And this is historical, Don. Don, this is, and Don's like, what are you talking about? And by no, the way, like, even like the engaging with that debate and taking it seriously at all pushes the Overton window in that totally. direction, which is why it's so dangerous yeah. and which is why right. some things it's like, why even have that person on your show, you know, in, in the first place? Because all you're doing is that is that exactly. And if that which apparently the New York Times is saying, if that is what played such a strong role in Don Lemon's firing, I think that is absolutely disgusting. And, and you see Lemon kind of get 
pissed off about whatever producers are saying in his ear at the at the time during that interview. I'm not sure if they were saying to let him let the guests speak more, let the guests spew his disinformation more. But Don Lemon was not having it at all during that segment. So, like, do I think Don Lemon has made some serious missteps over the past few weeks? Do I think that he's kind of seemed agitated on the air? Yes, 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 yes. Do I think that clip is a reason to apply to firing him? Absolutely not. That's actually what journalists should be doing. That's actually an example of good reporting. Um, You know, if you're going to have somebody like that on your show, you have to push back. But that's just the direction that we see CNN going. You know, they want to be this sort of, oh, look, we're like, you know, we're like Fox, but without the baggage and we're like center right. And and you could. But but that's not OK. Like like that's not what you are. A, you're not going to gain any viewers by doing that. You're not being honest because you're not telling the truth. Instead, why don't you just focus on telling stories truthfully? OK, like just present stories as they're happening. Once again, stop pushing this Overton window in Charlie Kirk's direction, because that's all you are doing yeah. with that. And according to the New York Times in recent weeks, CNN's bookers had discovered that some guests did not want to appear on air with Mr. Lemon and research on the morning show reviewed by CNN executives found that his popularity with audiences had fallen. Um, It seems that it's really kind of the former because there was a meeting between Vivek Ramasamwe and Chris Lick, the the, the head of CNN that took place on April 10th. So the timing kind of plays out, um, you know, you know, directly with Uh, Dickens. I mean, I mean, the, the, I don't think it even has to thicken. I just think it is the, it is the plot. Like that is, that is what, <laughs> that is what it is. But I, I, I think that it is, I'm with you, Brett. And here's the thing, CNN viewers, as you leave and you cut the cord, welcome to the Midas Touch Network. We don't gaslight you. We just call it out right here. It is, it is what it is. And, 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 and we just speak that we, we do our best to make sure it's all rooted in data. And that's why we show you, you know, the facts and show you these videos and we'll give you our opinions, but we want you to ultimately make your own judgment about them. But we'll give you all of the data. Speaking about giving you all of the data, Ron DeSantis is in Japan. Come on. Again, you know, he's running the shadow campaign. This is Ron DeSantis. You know, he's uh, I saw someone just post like a like a that's all folks, you know, from from Looney Tunes. But it's totally it's totally Looney Tunes in this, this whatever DeSantis is doing with this shadow campaign. You know, he goes there and he acts like he's selling his book and that's his end run around like how he's basically campaigning, because if he announces that he's actually running, there are a number of disclosures that mm-hmm. attach to that. And in Florida, you can't be a sitting governor um, and then run for president. He would have to, um, you know, he'd have to resign from the governorship. And I think he doesn't even have the support anymore from his own legislature to change the law that would allow him to wow. stay as, yeah. Well, here's I think the thing. The issue. Ron, Ron DeSantis is in a lot of trouble. He's in a ton of trouble. And Ron DeSantis is great when he's in his little, you know, DeSantis stand bubble over there in Florida. Once he exits that, he like you see how just weird and unhinged and bizarre he truly is. Once he leaves his controlled safe space. The guy crumbles into dust and it's become so apparent in all these appearances across the nation. And Jordy, I know you were like shocked. You're like, really? He, he wouldn't have the support to change that law. Well, here's why also he wouldn't have the support to change that law. If a Florida legislator, if a state, you know, Florida polit- politician voted to change that law 
so Ron DeSantis could run for president, who are they going to piss off? They're going to piss off Donald Trump and they support Trump and they don't want to feel the wrath of Trump. So they are not going to do that because, or I don't think they're going to do that because it would infuriate Trump. You know, they would, they would, and they all, by the way, they're all endorsing Trump. And it's like right. we spoke in the last episode, it's, it's become almost comedic at this point. It is, it is kind of funny. I mean, DeSantis meets with one of these politicians in Florida who he hasn't talked to in like five years. Like he, he, he never spoke to these people like when he was running before, when he was in Congress, like never spoke to them once. He then goes, he has a meeting with them to try to convince them to support his eventual bid for the presidency. They leave the meeting and immediately announce their endorsement for Donald Trump. They're just like, yo, that guy is freaking weird, man. Like they're like, they're like, yeah, this is some like, and these are some weirdos too, but they're like, yo, even that, that guy's freaking weird. Some of the state, the public statements that we're hearing from some of these politicians also are just kind of brutal on the guy. I mean, even Senator Rick Scott, who's like, one of the weirdest people on the planet and like an actual criminal. Uh, he said, quote, DeSantis doesn't talk to me, so I don't know about DeSantis. Marco Rubio, quote, I haven't spoken to him in a number of months. Representative Greg Stobe, a Florida representative. To this day, I have not heard from Governor DeSantis. Former Representative David Schrott from Michigan, a Republican from Michigan. I think he's an a-hole. I don't think he cares about people. I mean, these are the people he needs to run over. And for I, just so people have oh, really? the... Just so people have the perspective on, you know, the the bobbing head clip. No, I'm not speeding that clip up. A lot of people are like, you might, you must have sped that up or didn't. No, that's actually what happened. And it was in response to DeSantis being asked a very simple question about his poll numbers collapsing in comparison to Donald Trump in his eventual run for to be the Republican candidate for president. And just I'll, I'll play the clip with sound this time so you could see it in all of its glory. Governor, I'll show you falling behind the, the Trump. Any thoughts on that? Guys, did I I'm not I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if uh, if and when that changes. What? I, I, that was, I mean, like the strange. Play it again. Play it again. Play it again. What? What? Play it again. Governor, I'll show you falling behind the, a Trump. Any thoughts on that? Guys, did I? I'm not. I'm not a candidate, so we'll see if uh, if and when that changes. <laughs> I mean, come on, the, dude. The guy is so weird. I'm happy that finally everybody's seeing it. This is why he keeps such a tight control on the press, by the way, in Florida. And this is yeah. why he only allows like approved press into events with him. It's why he only holds very staged events because once the guy is actually put under the microscope, you see just how freaking bizarre, how much of a weirdo that this guy actually is. And that weird moment, you know, like, a lot of people think like, and I think a lot of news outlets, you know, they think like it's a hundred percent policy based, like the way people perceive people, the way people vote, it's purely based on who has the best policies and the ick factor certainly factors in. And like just the vibe that people get from other people certainly factors in. And it's now been baked into the public just into the general zeitgeist that Ron DeSantis is a freaking weirdo. They, and every single day he just does more and more and more to prove the thesis of Ron DeSantis weirdo. <laughs> and that's why Fox, if you watch, if you've seen, they've kind of backed off their promotion of DeSantis a bit ever since the weird kill me baseball catch. I mean, you could really date it back to that. They did their best, their absolute damnedest to make this guy look normal during this moment. And he came across like such a freaking weirdo. And you know what? 
That was when he was within the MAGAverse. That was supposed to be home field advantage. You're going to put this guy on a national stage for to debate? You're going to put this guy in front of real, real reporters asking real questions? And you know what you end up with? You end up with that clip right there of the guy being bobblehead DeSantis, shaking his head like an absolute looney tune because that's who he is. He's not a normal person, but this is what he's doing. And, the, and Brett, you, you, you nailed it. Well, this is my personal one. And Ben, you could disagree. Brett, you could disagree. I don't think he's going to announce for a 2024 presidential campaign run. And here's why. For all the reasons that we've already talked about, he doesn't, he, he doesn't have the backing to change that law that would allow him to keep his governorship while also running. Now, we could say, oh, but Jordy, he's got the ego. He's got the ego factor. And his ego, that's going to make sure that he runs. Well, his ego also wants to make sure he stays in power. And in power to him is being able to bully the state by being the governor. But what he's doing secretly right now when he's going to J- Japan on, the, on this bizarre book tour is, is, is raising donations for his- It's a his- brutal video. It's, it's a brutal, brutal. It's savage. And Jordy, I, I, like I said, I, 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 I agree with you. But, but, I, but, I but let, me, let, me, let me just finish this point, this point. Because what he's doing is he's raising money right now illegally through his pack for a presidential campaign run that he's not actually allowed to announce. Otherwise, he would therefore forfeit his governorship but what he's doing is building this war chest now for 2028, secretly, but not so secretly, right in front of your face. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, I at least agree with you that he absolutely should not run because if he he's going to lose been, his home state of Florida if he does yeah. run, there's no coming the only, back from that. I think the only state he would win would be like Utah or something. And the other day, like he made some comment, like in Utah, because he's everywhere but Florida right now, and he made some like cringy comment in Utah, like. Utah, the Florida of the West, like these states share nothing, 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 nothing in common. And like there was historic flooding in Florida. Okay. It's historic flooding, a massive gas shortage. And, and this is all kind of in the Fort Lauderdale, South Florida area. And so where have we seen Ron DeSantis since this crisis in his own state? We've seen Ron DeSantis in Ohio. We've seen him in South Carolina. We've seen him in Utah. We've seen him in Japan. But where have we not seen Ron DeSantis? We've not seen Ron DeSantis in Fort Lauderdale where the crisis in his state happened. We have actually not seen him actually go to the flooding area, talk to, you know, about how we're going to fix these issues, how we're going to fix these crises. And so, you know, he's clearly running a shadow presidential campaign. Will he eventually run or not? That is to be determined. But it's I'll not say, it's not going well. I'll say this, though. Before this Japan trip, when he touched down in Japan before what happened today, he clearly was still running. And Jordy, your analysis would have been wrong. I, I 100% wrong because <laughs> that's why he went to Japan, right? And basically it was but, like, but, I'm but, still but my run. analysis is based on today's moment as well. So you can't, you can't predate my analysis from something <laughs> there where, where I'm using, predate, where, where I'm using facts I'm, from, from today. I'm doing, okay, well, I'm doing a predate then a pivot, okay? Sure. The predate because you've been saying this f- since last week. Yes. And so I would have said before today, you would have been wrong, but I was going to give you the credit. I think right now your analysis is they're probably like, well, okay, you are horrible in Ohio and you were <laughs> horrible in Utah and you are horrible in South Carolina. And now nobody likes you in your state. And then we put them, 
I'm <laughs> just thinking like, I'm just thinking, you don't, you don't see his wife standing next to him. And I'm sure she's like, oh my God. <laughs> you know, it's like, what in the world is going on? So they're like, all right, send the, this is what the, the people said. Cause you know, I'm sure the fin- the people who are financially backing him or who promised that, okay, you know, you're, you're effing up in the States. We want to see how you do. Like, here's your last shot. Go, go to Japan. Like, it's not like, you know that di- it shouldn't be that difficult of an it's area, a layup, to go- right? It's a yeah, layup. go to no, far, go far to Japan. Go to yeah, go 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 to Japan, and and you know you'll get some great photo ops with the family. They'll greet you positively there. It's a layup, and he did that, you know. And then he also did this. I mean, and it's just these small moments though too that just show like this is not like just a normal human being. So uh, Ennis Freedom, formerly Ennis Cantor, the former NBA basketball player, was there as well, you know, and uh, went to shake Ron DeSantis's hand. And this is what the handshake looked like, and. Uh, <laughs> Come on, come on, come on. If you look at the handshake and for those uh, listening on on audio who can't see it, one, you should subscribe to the YouTube channel. But it's kind of like Ron DeSantis has never shaken anybody's hands (laughs) and kind of like, you know, like rock, paper, scissors. He's kind of rather than shaking hands, he's kind of just throwing out paper. Basically, (laughs) (laughs) yet somehow he lost to yet somehow he lost to rock, obviously, evidently. (laughs) He's, he's, he's throwing out paper. So there are a bunch of these really, really, really weird moments. And um, to be fair, Ben, I think he was trying to keep those pudding fingers clean. You know, didn't want those pudding fingers to, to get a little dirty. So he left them hanging out. Once again, all these little moments keep adding on to the public perception, which is accurate about this guy, that he is a complete and total weirdo. He is Edgar and, from Men in Black. In addition to being weird, he's also just incredibly mean and nasty and hateful. And so he's got this kind of, those are the two sides of DeSantis. Incredibly hateful, evil, detestable, despicable, horrible human being. And just freaking weird, like just a total absolute weirdo. And that's not a combination that's a presidential, that's not a presidential uh, combination. I mean, even just the idea of going to Japan right now while there's so much problems in the state is such a, you know... between all the of flooding, these between the gas crisis there. I mean, what, what is he doing? What is he? All, and, and these photos just make him seem and his family seem elitist and so out of touch. Like it is like he does not know what he's doing at all. And so that's Ron DeSantis. But I also want to talk about this big news. And I think this is a perfect way um, to kind of wrap up the show, which is what's going on in Fulton County with the district attorney, Fawny Willis. She wrote a letter. Uh, to the sheriff's uh, department, uh, to the sheriff, and basically said, get ready because it is my expectation that in connection with our criminal investigations into Donald Trump and 2020 election interference, that there will be criminal indictments between July 11th and September 1st. And she referenced, you know, like the January 6th insurrection. And she said, look, while everybody has their First Amendment rights to protest and feel however they want to feel or say what they want to say. Um, She said that we've seen um, uh, certain groups of people who have gone beyond their mere First Amendment rights to provoke actual violence, as you're aware, Sheriff. And so you need to be prepared and we're giving you advance warning uh, to be prepared. Now, a lot of people may be saying, 
Well, Fonnie Willis, you know, a few months ago said that uh, indictments are imminent. And how is this imminent? And, and I would just say this um, technically in the legal sense, you know, imminent is, you know, a few months. No, nothing happens quickly um, in in these legal cases. But just think about what's occurred over this period of time, though. Like we already know from Fonnie Willis's last motion that a number of these uh, fake electors that certified their names for Donald Trump when Biden won the state, that they are turning on each other and pointing fingers at each other. So if a few months ago we got that special grand jury report, and then within the time of that special grand jury report, Fonnie Willis is able to go to a lot of some of these um, potentially key witnesses who didn't testify before the special purpose grand jury and invoke the fifth, even if they were offered immunity that apparently their lawyers never conveyed to them certain immunity offers. She's able now to try to cut some of these deals before the grand jury is ultimately impaneled in May. So there are just certain times of the year when grand juries get impaneled. So the next impaneling of the grand juries in May. So like as much as you want to rush it, the grand jury just doesn't sit whenever you want to. Um, and then there are certain terms of the court where indictments can be made. So there is like a schedule that's beyond her control. But I think in this interim period, it's not like no work has been done and she's been doing nothing. It seems like these fake electors have flipped on each other. And if Donald Trump is indicted in July and there are fake electors who provide more information about the scheme and she brings RICO or racketeering charges, which we believe is one of her main focuses. And now you have actual fake electors who are basically admitting to it, who are admitting to the RICO in exchange for immunity. And that connects all the way up to Donald Trump. I'll just say this, a few extra months, like like two extra months is probably a good thing. And if you go back to our videos, it is consistent with where we predicted this would be at, which is, you know, by this summer, you know, she would be indicting about a month later than I expected. I thought it would probably be in more like June, but July 11th isn't that far off. And the positive development of these fake electors flipping on each other, knowing that she's bringing a RICO racketeering, knowing that the Manhattan District Attorney has already filed charges, knowing that Special Counsel Jack Smith is uh, ramping up his investigation. By the way, I think that's around the time frame too of when Special Counsel Jack Smith criminally indicts, which is that June, July, September period, especially on the, I think the Mar-a-Lago document case where Donald Trump stole thousands of government records and engaged in obstruction of justice. And not to mention to bring this full circle that Donald Trump's on trial. Donald Trump is a defendant. Like if you're listening to this on Tuesday, trial started Tuesday or after, you know, jury selection is underway. Opening statements wow. will take place and not just any trial, a trial where Donald Trump is being accused of rape, um, a trial where there are going to be other witnesses who say Donald Trump sexually assaulted them, where the Access Hollywood tape will be played of Donald Trump bragging about sexual assault, where Donald Trump's video deposition testimony will be played. And we've seen portions of it. We haven't seen the full thing, but where Donald Trump did absolutely terrible. And Donald Trump's lawyers are going to have to make a decision. Are Donald Trump's lawyers going to call Donald Trump? Is Donald Trump even going to show up to this trial? It's a civil case, so he's not forced to show up. Um, but 
the plaintiff's lawyer, E. Jean Carroll's lawyer, made a very smart and sophisticated move. She goes, we don't need to call Donald Trump. Well, they, they can call him if they want. <laughs> we'll just show we'll show the deposition testimony. That's enough. We'll get the other uh, victims to testify. Um, we'll get other witnesses who E. Jean Carroll spoke to at the time. We'll get E. Jean Carroll we'll play the Access Hollywood tape. Then we'll rest. Yeah. Then the burden will shift to Donald Trump's lawyers after we've put forward a very compelling case. Will Donald Trump's lawyers call essentially their only witness, Donald Trump? Or will they say, nah, we're good? In which case, all the jury will see is the cross-examination and the deposition, and they won't see direct testimony of Donald Trump. Now, imagine if Donald Trump's lawyers call him and Trump appears. Direct testimony with a witness like Donald Trump is very difficult. You have to build a foundation. You have to start with the beginning. Okay, so what's your job? And can you explain to us where you were at this time? And Donald Trump isn't allowed to in a direct like meander and do his whole, you know, Ukraine, 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 Russia, Russia, Russia. Like you have to answer the question or else E. Jean Carroll's lawyer is going to say, Your Honor, motion to strike non-responsive. Mr. Trump, your response is hereby stricken. Please answer the question. That's what will take place the whole time. And then you can cross-examine Donald Trump. So if you really want to talk about three-dimensional chess and not like when people go, oh, they're playing chess and checkers. No, what E. Jean Carroll's lawyers are doing with this move right here is actually a brilliant move to try to bait a direct testimony of Donald Trump. And if Trump doesn't show up, you just tell the jury, ladies and gentlemen of the jury, guess who didn't show up to this trial? who had every opportunity to show up. And it was their burden after we established our case, the burden then shifted to them to try to rebut it. We've proven our case. They put forward zero witnesses at all. And so you have to find in our favor. It is a really, really smart move for that. Like if you look at it like that, it is a really smart move. So there you have it, folks. And we covered a lot on today's Ooh, what an episode. episode. Yeah, what an episode. No, what, what, what an episode. I want to thank all the Midas Mighty out there for watching. What an incredible audience. I was watching all of the uh, all of the chats and everything that was going on right there. Um, want to thank all the Midas Mighty. None of this is possible without you. We are so grateful for all the Midas Mighty out there. As Jordy said, this isn't just some network you know, like CNN or whatever, like just some network that we don't, we definitely don't both sides the things like them. This is a movement. It's a pro-democracy movement that is led by you. And we are all grateful that we can just be here, you know, talking with you as frequently as we do to show you the hot takes that we make where we do all the breaking news. Like this is our biggest honor to work with all of you, all of the Midas Mighty out there. Make sure you share um, this content, please. That's probably the best way you can help. Make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel. If you're watching this on YouTube right now, make sure you search the Midas Touch podcast wherever you get audio podcast and subscribe there as well. We also drop some hot takes on the audio on a daily basis as well, in addition to these podcasts. So whatever you use, whether it's Spotify, whether it's Google, whether it's Apple, um, just search Midas Touch Podcast and hit subscribe. Also, you can check us out at Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N dot com slash Midas Touch. Um, we don't have outside investors, so that's one of the ways you can support this network. And Brett, I'll let you take it from there. 
Yeah, I also really want to say first off, we had a, such a, a way bigger audience to Tucker Carlson at tonight. That's that's for that's for <laughs> nice. uh, s- Secondly, I'm, I'm really excited that we just relaunched the Midas Touch Reddit community. Oh, and good, so good. so good I, I hope everybody could go and check it out. It's reddit.com/r/midastouch. Personally, I love Reddit. I think it's a great place to get news and find memes and things like that. And the Midas Touch Reddit community is just a great place. You could do live discussions of these shows and and be talking about these shows when they air and. After the fact, you could post whatever content you want that's somewhat related to the things we discuss here. Post your favorite memes, post your favorite news articles. I really think it's going to be a great place for the community to just be chatting and and sharing funny things, sharing important news, um, and that we could build a big pro-democracy community right there on Reddit. And it's growing crazy. It's already in the top percent of all subreddits that exist, and we just relaunched it like yesterday. And so check it out. Check out the Midas Touch subreddit. Super excited to see. It's free. It's uh, free. This it, it's, yeah, it's free? Completely free. Yeah, you just go. You just go on. You make an account. And you hit subscribe. I'm sure a lot of people are already on Reddit. And uh, and if anybody is interested in like being a moderator, we already got some great volunteers. But you know, feel free to let us know. Uh, you could be a mod of the Reddit, and you know, th- there you could set up like your own discussion threads for our various podcasts, so people could gather and chat about them. Um, you could kind of help. Uh, you know, sticky posts to the top and moderate if there's any sort of bad actors that come in. And I think it's going to be a really sort of awesome, uh, cool and free community that we could use to just continue to further expand the network, you know, on, on social media as that's sort of all in disarray. And so check it out. And on that note, what a good freaking day, everybody. I know I am amped up. I love when you see accountability out there and I love to report, uh, you know, positive news when we have it. And on that note, Jordy, I know you've been dying to say it, so I'll let you take it away, my man. All the sponsor links are in the description of the episode. Shout out to the Midas Monday! Lock him up! Indictment season is upon us. Celebrate with the new Indictment season t-shirt and v-neck exclusively at store.midastouch.com. 